Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. We're here chatting with Michelle Huber, who is a embodied awareness practitioner, circling and Feldenkrais facilitator, all kinds of good stuff happening. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much. Yes. So um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the Pioneer Valley. I am a circling and Feldenkrais teacher, as you said, and these are two different practices that I've kind of brought together and with embodied awareness practices. And this is because they're both practices that involve increasing your self-awareness through embodying yourself through your life. Circling is a really is a verbal relational practice where we're noticing our social habits and our um, internal world while we're relating with others. So relational skills, communication skills, how to be present, how to take care of yourself, how to own your own experience and relationship. And then Feldenkrais is like doing that with yourself, with your body. So in a Feldenkrais class, or there's also hands-on work, the practitioner like me, is leading you through movement and prompting your awareness like a meditation to feel what's happening in this moment, present moment. So which came first in your kind of uh, in your studies of the body and of the self? Um, Was it Feldenkrais that you fell into first or the circling or the, um, the relational meditation? It was Feldenkrais, but it was pretty close, which is kind of interesting. And in some ways, I feel like it was, it's all has such a train behind it, of course, you know, like I've been in, in interested in the body in dance. I come from a dance background and I actually grew up in this area, which is a really um, super embodied alternative space. So I grew up in the dance community around here. And so I've always had this thread of um, how to care for my body, how to be in my body, movement as a way of being. And so that that kind of happened first. I discovered Feldenkrais when I was in college through my dance department. And I didn't know what was happening in a lesson, but I would get up after the lesson and feel like, whoa, like, like just so much more open and grounded and soft. And it's like, what is this? <laughs> how does this happen? How does it happen? <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> probably a very complex one, I'm sure, for and probably different for everybody in a lot of ways. Yeah. It, we always talk about how in Fallen Christ, everyone will walk away from a lesson with a different outcome. Like we won't, it's not, it's not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not like diagnostic. It's not like, okay, you have this problem, do this lesson. It's like every lesson will offer different teachings for different people what they show up with. And what happens in a lesson is that we're bringing our awareness to how we're moving um, and moving with slowly so that we can actually 
take the time to feel our habits and our patterns, our tension. Like when you lift your shoulder, you might feel like some kind of tension and it might be different than your left shoulder. And it sounds like a really inconsequential thing to notice, but it's like these subtle differences that are actually bringing us closer to our present moment experience and actually knowing what we're doing. And there's this kind of magic that happens that when you pay attention in that way, things change and shift. And this is something that I think about in both Circling and Feldenkrais, that there's these parts of us that just want to be seen, just like want to be witnessed and seen and be like, oh, just, just, and they're like just crying out, like, just see me, like I'm in pain or I have a need or whatever. And whether it's in the body or in the emotional being, and most of the time it's connected also, like I don't think of them as separate, but you might manifest in a feeling of pain in the body or in your emotions. And if I can bring myself to see that, it like loosens. It's like, oh, okay, you see me. Huh, I don't have to like hold on to that story anymore in the body. Um, and so that's part of the process of how it happens. I think it's the seeing of the habit that allows it to change. And in Feldenkrais, we're working with the brain, actually, like we're working through awareness and movement, but it's, it's through kind of giving the signal through your awareness to the brain, feeling yourself. And so we do lots of different um, variations, offering the brain many choices. So instead of just the one choice of like how you always lift your shoulder, for example, you're like, oh, there's all these other ways that I can enroll other parts of me to support me. And then the brain gets to make a choice like, oh, this is more efficient. This is easier. You, this little part that's working excessively doesn't need to work. Does that make sense as how part of how it works? Yeah. yeah well, you know, I've I've taken um, a couple of Feldenkrais classes, just like I think one workshop was um, uh, to support the eyes and eye health. Um, another mm-hmm. one was to like, you know, explore the hips and things like that. If somebody doesn't have any body awareness and as you kind of mentioned, like, you know, lifting their arm feels no different than lifting their other arm. How, mm-hmm. how would you kind of help people um like explain to somebody that maybe doesn't have the body awareness yet like how would how would you kind of start to have people be aware of some of those really subtle differences between lifting the one shoulder versus the other and what to look for that's a really good question and we do talk about it's a it's a skill that takes time over time and as you show up to the practice you start to notice more and more and at first some people really don't feel very much Um, So built into the lessons are help, (laughs) our help to sense, right? Like we'll do something, we'll actually invite you to like tense one side and let it go and feel the difference. So you can actually notice like, oh, that's what tension's like. That's what relax is like. Because oftentimes people don't even know that they're tensing. And so that's one strategy that we have in Feldenkrais. And um, so we'll do a a movement and then do it on the other side. And if you don't notice the difference, that's, that's totally fine, but there'll be lots of opportunities and the lessons are designed to help you feel the differences. Right. So I think it happens, it happens over time and it's also the practice supports that in happening more and more. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it's a good reminder. It's like, you don't have, like it, it's, it's designed to be a skill and it's not something you immediately have to have an expertise to dive into that, that technique. Not at all. And sometimes people will do a lesson and they don't, they don't even 
notice that much during the lesson and then they get up at the end and feel really different. Or it might not even be a sensation that feels different. You might get up at the end and like your mind just feels way calmer. Or my, my teacher tells this great story about when she was in her training, she, um, she was like in her forties when she did her training and all of a sudden it's a four year training all of a sudden after like year three or something, I don't really remember when she was on the phone with her mother and she, she found herself like talking back to her mom in a way she never had before. And it's, and she was like, the thing that changes that I'm doing this body awareness practice, but it's helping me to be more of myself. So all of a sudden I have a new habit talking to my mom. So it may or may not show up as like just a sensing the difference in the body. But actually how you're relating to the buttons that our parents sometimes instill in us and (laughs) all those kind of fun little things that we just habit wise with the people that were our, you know, nearest and dearest to us. Exactly. And the method is really about how can we be more of ourselves. So we use this awareness and, and movement in the body, but it's, it's not, and it kind of can be confusing to convey this sometimes, but it's actually not about just like feeling better in your body or moving better. It's actually about being more of yourself. Yeah. So, you know, I know that you kind of mentioned that you had a dance background and that you, you came in um, to Feldenkrais through dance. Do you feel like that is, I, I feel like everyone that I've talked to that has kind of come to Feldenkrais has some background in movement. Um, do you feel like it's sort of um, like it, it's, it's, it brings specialty to people who are already doing some like dancing, whether any, any kind of dance um, or athletes or things like that? Or do you feel like it's kind of a practice that has, you know, is just like for everybody in any way? a good question. I mean, like I said, people really come to it for different reasons. I think myself as a dancer, I was super interested in how I move. Like that is why I came in and I wanted to move better. And I think athletes might have a similar feeling like, okay, how do I, how do I move better and do this thing that I want better? Um, But I don't think it's only for dancers and athletes. A lot of people come to this work through pain actually, if they're in chronic pain, um, people get a lot of support from doing Feldenkrais, but also any like emotional people with depression, people with anxiety. Um, it's kind of similar to how people go to meditation. It's like, it really supports the regulation of the nervous system. So it can be beneficial to anybody. Yeah. Um, and so, how did um, how did circling or this kind of relational uh, meditation come into your life? I know you mentioned that they kind of Feldenkrais and, and circling came in uh, pretty close to one another. Um, how did circling come in? Um, so I've always, with my friends, been very into relationship and communication, and um, and a friend of mine got into it. Basically, <laughs> a friend of mine got really into it, and then I started going, and I was like, "Oh my god, I need this." <laughs> it's it's a really, um, so it's not much of a story of how it showed up in my life, but it did kind of happen at the same time as I started my Feldenkrais training, which is interesting. Um, just feeling like this readiness in myself to be more aware and more myself and more honest. Um, and circling has been a huge practice in how do I be more real and honest. Um, 
yeah, I can say more about the practice or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit. Of, give us like a brief overview of like um, what what circling is. And yeah, just just kind of tell if somebody has never like I mean, actually, I, I hadn't even really heard of circling before I found your website and your work. Um, yeah. So can you tell us if somebody's never experienced it, what what it looks like if you're like a fly on the wall? What what, it, what are they going to look in on? Awesome. Um, so like you said before, it's a relational meditation practice. So in a meditation, uh, we have a focus. It might be your breath, for example. And in circling, the focus is on the connection with others. So that's what we're going to attend to. Like if you and I were in a circle right now, we're like feeling what's it like to be together and actually noticing there's so much that happens underneath the surface <laughs> all the time of, of desires and fears and um like our minds have all kinds of thoughts and how to, and so that's what we're attending to in the moment. It's a practice of noticing what's happening inside as well as while we're connecting with others. Cause I've definitely had the experience in my life and I found that many others do that in social settings, we tend to give our attention out to other people and not actually know what's happening inside. Yeah. So this is like a space to actually feel those things. And be in relationship. So it's not just meditation where I'm just going to feel myself with my eyes closed and not talk to anyone. But it's like, how do I feel myself in the relationship? So if you were a fly on the wall watching, it looks often like a group of uh, like four to six people sitting around in a circle. And if you have a facilitator, they'll lead a grounding of some kind. And usually before you do a circle, you would do, I, I teach sometimes like introductions to circling practice. So you know you know what skills you're tuning into. There's lots of different skills to practice around how you're communicating, um, revealing what's happening inside, sharing impact from what other people say. Like that's a, a relational skill I've been kind of in love with lately of just when, when you say something and then I share like how it impacts me, all of a sudden we're in a relationship and you know I've heard you. It's like this I'm just like, oh, this impact is so beautiful. <laughs> I've been really, really touched by it lately. Mm. Um, and so then they'll, they'll, there's two different kinds of circling. There's a kind where it's called a birthday circle or a focused group circle where we'll circle one person. So that one person has the opportunity to receive the present moment attention of the rest of the group for like an hour or so is usually a session. Um, and it's a pretty rare opportunity to have four or five people's attention um, on your process. And it's not therapy. Like, it's not that we just sit there and listen to that person, but it's that we get to experience ourselves in the connection. So someone in the circle might say, like, I'm feeling kind of disconnected. It's, so we're, we're not just saying like warm, fuzzy things. We're actually trying to be as real and as self-responsible as possible. Like I'm feeling disconnected. And I think it's because you weren't, you haven't looked at me this whole circle mm. or something like that. So it's this, this kind of an edgy thing. Some people are like, whoa, I don't want to say things like that. But um, yeah, so they get this, this opportunity to hear reflections, to receive questions, receive impact from the group for about an hour. And during that time, it's pretty, pre pretty transformative process to receive that from others. Do people actually do it like on their birthday when they do that? Or is that um, like, how do you exactly lure? I mean, how do you lure in three or four of your like people in your life and to be like, hey, let's just like focus on me for like, how does that 
<laughs> how do you how do you invite that into your life? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, people will sometimes do it on their birthdays, but it's called the birthday circle because it's kind of like it's your birthday. Mm. <laughs> um that's like, so in a workshop, like right now I'm leading a series and in the series, every person who signs up for the series gets to have this opportunity from the group. So uh, I really like that because it's like a mutual experience. Like everybody gets to receive the same gift from everyone and it's very balanced. Sometimes in a circling night, it's like just, you know, just a couple of people will get circled is what we call it. And then people just come up to another night and they get circled another time. So it's really, it's, it's, it's focused. It's not like it just happens spontaneously. It's like, okay, we decide, we set a time or we, we make this container for your circle. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a little more contextual than just like, hey guys, come on over. I've got a facilitator here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very, it's, it's, it's definitely, it takes a lot of intention to invite that I think you're you're like speaking to something that's really true that people experience it's like uh, why would I get that attention from all these people and how does that happen and so we have to actually like carve it out because people it doesn't happen to focus that much and it's such a such a gift to have that happen and um the other piece around that is that it's we I like to talk about it it's it's also a gift to be circled like when you offer yourself to be circled by others, you're like opening yourself up to be seen and be known. And as a human, like your experience has so much to, to teach or like other people will relate. Usually we find it's like the other people in the circle get so much from circling that person who, who allows this process. Yes. And what, what was the second type of, of circling do you facilitate? Um, so the second type is an organic circle. And in an organic circle, the focus of attention can move throughout the group. Um, so some one person might have an experience, they're noticing a feeling arise, or they're noticing like their inner critic coming up or whatever. And we might focus in there and ask questions and understand and relate. And then someone else might have something that comes up and it pops and it moves to somewhere else. And so the energy moves around the circle. It is um, in one way really nice because we get to focus on everybody. It's a little more balanced. And another way, it's a lot more complex <laughs> because all of a sudden the attention can move in all of these different directions. And there's a lot more, there's just less form to it. And with less form, it can be a little more like tension or complexity arising or less certainty of where do I put my attention. Um, but it's really, really juicy to do, to do that practice as well. And all of it's like the form of organic or birthday circle. It's really just a container for you to be able to notice your own patterns and your own habits in a social place. Yeah, where it's it's yeah, like it's a container instead of when you're going to a party and then all of a sudden your introvert tendencies get you all anxious and and when I say you, I mean me. <laughs> right. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's for those people that at a party like leave and they're like, man, I didn't really drop in or I didn't really have a meaningful conversation with anyone or I felt shy or I didn't get to talk to anyone new. It's like, okay, here's a structure to support, support connection, basically support you and getting to bring your whole self there out <laughs> because so often if, like at a party or something, I'll, I'll, 
I'll bring parts of myself, but like there's a whole other ocean of things that are happening underneath the surface. And how are you able to facilitate these easily through like through virtual events, like through Zoom or even through like a like a photograph? Like, could you could you do a circle through, you know, like somebody who's either um, passed away or um, or just somebody who isn't able to like be present? Like, could it could it work with a, a still photo or does the person need to at least be like embodied? Yeah. Because it's a relational practice, it's like, we're, it's back, it's dynamic, we're going back and forth. The person who's being circled is speaking all the while, they're, they're, they're telling us about what's emerging. So they would have to be present, for sure. <clears throat> and um, I, I have been doing it virtually on Zoom, and I had some resistance to it. I was like, I don't know, I don't want to look at the computer screen more. Um, but it's been surprisingly great. You know, like connection is available when people are present together. And so we've been able to learn and connect. And there's, there's, and there's that added bonus, I'm sure, that many people are experiencing of people being able to connect who don't live close to each other. Um, so people have, have been participating in my series who live in New York or Vermont or Boston. And um, that's sweet to be able to come together virtually. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, I guess, can you share some examples of, or some moments that you've witnessed during the circles that really can give people um, a deeper understanding about like, what kind of stuff comes up during this? Like, how, how do we create this container so that actual healing can happen and that we can start recognizing our own internal patterns? Like, yeah, I guess, kind of just, yeah, a little, little example. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what often comes up or where we start is just noticing what's happening in this moment. Like right now I notice like my my mouth is kind of dry and I'm noticing you're watching me and looking at me and I like that. And um, then I notice you smile and now I'm like, oh, I said something you like. So there's like this opportunity to kind of, you just start there. And then I might ask you like, how does that feel to hear that I like that you smile? Yeah, it it feels like we have a connection. Yeah. And so it just sort of kind of expands from there. And what often comes up in these circles is what it's like to receive attention. Because it's stuff. It's something that a lot that we humans carry, like, like, how is it to really take up space? And what and what happens when you take up a little more space? What what comes in? Um, And so people often start with that, and get a lot of information about how, how it feels to receive attention and receive care. Um, And like I said, it's not therapy. So it's not necessarily that like, we're there to care for this person, we're really there to be with with whatever's arising and try not to reject anything that's there um and like i said before the healing in a lot of ways comes from being seen and like being being um with others who are okay with how you are um wait i had an example actually today i had my circling series and someone showed up and she was feeling super avoidant and distracted and she was worried and she was able to name these things and she was worried that we were all gonna be disappointed with her that she wasn't more excited to be there or feeling more open and by naming that and it was like 
by now I know where she's at and then I can like not and then I notice my patterns of like oh I'm trying to I'm worried about you that you're not having a good time and then she's like oh when I hear you're worried about me now I realize that I don't want my avoidance to be a burden on you and I'm like oh like if I don't worry about you I can just let you be and then she, and then it was like and then this like softening happened this opening of like oh I don't have to change for you so there's just like these really subtle moments of like, like how can we just be with each other without without demanding um, change? And it takes this slowing down, like peeling away of layers to even know that it's happening. Yeah. I think, yeah. It, it reminds me like as you're describing it, it reminds me of like almost as if everyone's inner monologues are being verbalized. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you get to say like, oh, this thing that you're worried about, like I'm worried about this opposite and equal reaction. And it's just just saying it out loud and just recognizing what's, yeah, that we're not just in our internal space. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then there's a lot of just trying to get each other, get each other's inner world. Like, oh, that's what it's like for you. And just really try to understand what it's like. Um, to have those deeper parts, layers of ourselves be heard is just, it's just really nice. <laughs> and that's what everybody wants. I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody. I can speak for myself. But, you know, I feel like that's something that, you know, when I'm meeting somebody new and when I, if I'm interviewing somebody, if I'm like at a party or if I'm on a date or something, it's like I want to know like what's like what makes them tick and like what makes them vulnerable and what makes them joyful. And I want to know their inner worlds. Like the outside kind of fluffy stuff is like, cool, we can talk about Netflix. Yeah, like, sure. But, you know, what else? Exactly. And, and the connection really happens when we when I know what's really happening for you then I can connect to where you're at. And so when there isn't that verbalizing of what's happening, then there's a, there can be a disconnection, especially when there's a lot happening underneath the surface. Yeah. And, you know, one thing too, I think this is kind of really getting me like thinking and kind of like very mentally activated, but it's like, you know, the times in my life where I've had really severe anxiety that inner monologue that kind of fear that like build up of you know very upward face upward moving energy it gets in the way of me really connecting with other people and it gets in the way of me trying to like understand what's going on for other people because that's this huge energy that is like consuming all of me Mm -hmm. yes right and it sounds like you were in a place of like that the anxiety so big that you couldn't like speak about it Right. You know, or even just saying like, oh, I'm feeling a little anxious right now. Sometimes people don't always, you know, that little piece of the puzzle. So it's like, even just naming your inner state is like, I think, monumental. I know. And it's so, it's like simple. Like when you say that, like, oh, I'm just being a little anxious right now, but it makes such a difference if I know. Yeah. (laughs) As the person that's talking to you, if I know you're feeling a little anxious, then, then I'm not reading into your body language and thinking it's like I said something or, you know, like there's so much relationship happening all the time. And so then I can like, oh, and I can make a choice. Like, do I want to reach out and ask if you want some care? And I can be conscious about what I'm available for. And um, yeah, this creates a lot more center, like speaking from the center place, I think. Yeah. So, so Feldenkrais is like a purely internal awareness of your like kind of physical body and your movements and all this kind of calming mm-hmm. down of the nervous system and then the the circling practices that you do are again being aware of your internal state but being aware of the 
kind of these undercurrents between people. The relational space. The yeah, relational exactly. space. So mm-hmm. how how do those fit together? In like, do you, do you mash them up, or do or do they tend to be kind of separate techniques? Um, and how do they kind of fit together for uh, in your in your life? Mm, that's, I love that. I, that's like what I think about. <laughs> um, so far, they're kind of separate practices. Although I have started in some of my like when I work one on one with someone Feldenkrais, I will often have this sort of circling beginning where we're where I'm like trying to understand what's going on with them on a deeper level and then we move into the embodied piece um and so that that's sort of how I see them blending together it helps me understand and it helps that person understand and the nervous system like I'm working with the person's nervous system through circling or Feldenkrais it's like how can that nervous system loosen against like what it's holding against and so so I I might use words or I might use touch or I might use movement or I might use questions and so it it goes it's they're both going towards the same place in a way it's kind of like what which is appropriate and which are people more interested in at that moment um and I really think both practices feed each other like doing a Feldenkrais practice taking awareness through movements practice is going to support you in feeling yourself (laughs) greatly greatly and being able to feel yourself is going to support you in being in relationship which circling is another piece of of um of how to be in relationship i really think about it as relationship tools and um oh i just had a thread but i sort of lost it where did it go that's okay Mm -hmm. go inside yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go inside. There might be some other little sprout that wants to come up instead. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's also, yes, here it is. Um, like doing Feldenkrais, I talked about before this. I, I've been working like, with this person I've been working with that's sort of like, we'll kind of circle at the beginning and then we'll do Feldenkrais. It's like she's coming with a creativity question. She's like in a creative process. And, um, we could start with Feldenkrais and that will shift the way she's feeling about her creative process. So that's also somehow where I almost work with them together. It's like we could start in either place and it will shift something. Um, And working with the body, like getting out of the head can be so helpful to adjust what then you want to show up to about in, in your process, whatever that may be. Yeah. Do you have a preference of which, uh, which you like when you kind of do have those like hybrid moments do you have a preference of which you prefer to bring first versus like Feldenkrais versus circling do you feel like um there's kind of you know some juice to checking in together and then individually or vice versa yeah I mean I think this process of like talking first and then going into the movement and then coming out and sometimes I really like to honor that after after doing Feldenkrais there can be a really like internal nonverbal state. So I don't always want to mess with the nonverbal state and get into talking. And sometimes it can be a really powerful way to integrate or, or to come back to talking after Feldenkrais. But for the most part, I think that's how I've been working. It's like starting out, I'm using, and I'm not even necessarily calling it circling, but I'm using my skills that I've cultivated through circling in when I'm meeting with someone and then moving into the movement. Mm, That's great. So I know we had chatted about this. Would you be interested in doing a little little circling demo for us so that if 
people are listening at home have somebody that they want to to participate with they could they could practice a little a little circling and explore a little exploratory mission sure yeah that sounds great all right how, um, how should people prepare for for this do they need to like sit or stand do they need, um, do they need to I find say, yeah like sitting down would be would be a good idea okay um and I imagine that people might not be like totally ready with someone to do this with, but this could be something you do later and you and I can demo for okay. this moment. That sounds perfect. Um, so you could sit down or uh, just settle yourself for a moment. And if you wanted, you could close your eyes or just turn your gaze down and start to notice what's happening inside of you in this moment. Should I verbalize that? Um, first, just, that's a great question. First, we'll just notice um, uh, without speaking, and then I'll invite you to speak in a moment. Okay. Yeah, I'll just give people, if people are participating, a moment to feel. <laughs> and so you can notice what's happening in your physical realm, what you're sitting on, what your hands are doing, how you're breathing right now. If you feel any tension or any spaciousness. And we do this just to slow down and start to become sensitive to this present moment. Like start to really notice and feel like, oh, that's what's happening. And then we can also drop in and start noticing any feelings or thoughts that are happening in this present moment. And there's a really short little um, exercise I like to do. It's called what I'm realizing is happening now. It's kind of the essence of circling is to discover in the present moment what's happening, not plan out what's happening, but actually like discover it right now. And so I'll have, you can, you can go first or I can go first. And one person will just share like what I'm realizing is happening now and then just say what you're noticing. And then after speaking that, what happens after that? It's like you were saying this internalizing, I mean, externalizing the inner monologue. Um, and then you'll go for a couple and then I'll go for a couple and then we'll just share a little impact of what it was like to hear each other. Okay. Okay. So you want to share, you could share three observations or so and then we'll switch over to me okay so what I'm what I'm feeling inside or what I'm observing um is definitely sort of like a big ball of just like joy and excitement in my chest that that was the first thing that I really noticed um another thing that I noticed is that uh when I sit down I kind of uh you know stagger my fingers together um kind of holds hold my hands uh you know entwined um, I don't know what that means, but I just, it was an awareness. And the third thing that I noticed, I would say those are the two things, definitely more, more awareness of the upper body, maybe a little bit less attention is kind of on my hips and lower abdomen. I did notice that. And then I just noticed how my hands were being held. And is there anything that arises just right now after you've spoken? How does it feel to say all of that? Um, I, you know, I think that, uh, is it okay to say, I don't know how I feel? 
Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I can go, I'm noticing, um, I want to like close my eyes to feel myself. <sighs> I feel myself take a big breath and there was like a little thought of like, is this going to be totally boring to listen to on the radio? That, that, that voice just popped up for a second. Um, and then I worried that you might like reassure me. And I was like, oh no, I, I'm not actually that worried. <laughs> I'm worried about that. <laughs> um, so that's like a tiny example. And then I asked people to just share how it, how it, how it impacts, how did it impact you to hear what I shared? Oh, I'm always curious what's inside other people's heads. I'm like, yeah, I love to know. Mm. Did it have any like, oh, hearing you, I noticed I felt like that, like that joy or that um, like more curiosity, like in it's like we're like trying to catch like what happens in that exact in- moment. Okay. Let me go back. Let me, let me yeah. go back to it. I, right. Yeah. Okay. I think it was like, I think I just wanted to know. Yeah. I'm like kind of chat- chatting back in. I, I feel like energetically I'm just kind of like leaning into what you're saying I'm just listening I think w- mm-hmm. it was just the simple act of listening mm. nice and I think for me hearing you I also felt just like curiosity I was like oh I want to know more about you I didn't um I don't think I had like a strong feeling show up but I, and also hearing about this joy, I was like, ooh, I felt really excited about that. And also, it kind of made this story for me. I was like, oh, I bet you like love what you do here on the radio. <laughs> I, like created that story from hearing that. Yes, yes. Well, I do love doing this work. <laughs> cool. And that's a little something, a little bite of circling. Yeah. So if somebody wants to practice this at home, they kind of like mm-hmm. sit down opposite or even virtually from somebody kind of get comfortable and mm-hmm. maybe close their eyes or look downwards and then take just three observations, physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever, and just yeah. just look. And then the other person does the same and then you just exchange. Yeah. And there's, there's kind of two different things that could happen here. Like there's one where you're just kind of saying what you're noticing. And then like this, this thing of like, can you, instead of, um, it's not like just noticing, you're actually like discovering it in this present moment. Like right now it's happening as I'm speaking. You're like riding the wave is what I call it. And so you're really like discovering what happens after you say the ne- that thing. It's like, oh, and then what happens? So it's kind of allowing the things from underneath to emerge. Um, yeah, so that, that kind of happens. So you can just kind of, I like this word discovery with it. So it's like you just discover back and forth. And then at some point you can share impact of hearing you. I felt that, that, that. Yeah. And then just feel what it's like in the connection after I noticed. Oftentimes people feel really connected after they do this. Like it could take five minutes. Yeah. I could imagine that that would be, um, you know, a really effective strategy to have in a workplace where so many people have meetings and collaborative affairs and sometimes these just like weird interpersonal things that happen like I could imagine just having a really really basic and it doesn't have to be like you don't have to go 
deep with somebody to connect with them simply. Exactly. Yes, I actually just was able to go to a workplace and it was a pretty cool workplace. I wanted to do circling and it was pretty profound to get to have colleagues hear each other in this way. You know, it's like such a different mode than to make, oh, that's what's happening underneath. Like, that's you. I get to see you. Oh, so how did, so, you know, at a workplace, I know that there's like, there's rules, there's HR. It's not like a day-to-day street conversation. How do you kind of create a professional container when people are sharing really intimate parts of themselves? That's a great question. I've only done this one time with a workplace, but I do think it is something that, um, I mean, like you said, I think it's a great idea to support people in their workplaces and feeling belonging, feeling connection. And my business friend who does this work, he's like, people actually do their jobs better when they feel connected. (laughs) Like they'll actually feel better in the workplace like being at their workplace more so to create that kind of container i think it would really depend on what the what the environment was like it might be possible i would imagine doing more of these kind of short exercises that um, get you connected but you're not necessarily going into your deep wounds (laughs) right um, at the workplace Um, but but they just like kind of create a little more sense of like oh this person cares about me and that feels really good. Like, so I guess I would focus it on like, how do, how do people feel, feel heard? And um, like a deeper part of them is known at their workplace. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that, I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, value in, in that and, and all parts of our life. But, you know, especially when we're in these kind of containers where, you know, things can, can get built up in, in weird ways. Yes. Yes, this is one of my kind of passions right now. It's just like how to not get all built, like full of charge and full of energy towards other people um, and then separate. Like that's what I see happen a lot in relationship or in in even at work. Like just people, you're like, I don't talk to them. Like I don't even, I can't deal with them. And it's like, okay, how can there be a process that uh, to build more understanding and more ease? Mm, I love that. I love that you're you're doing that work and exploring that question because I think that, you know, even with the, you know, racial divides that we have in our country and and all over the world, it's like any skills that we can bring to just like connect with other people is like yeah. we need this so bad. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been really sitting with circling as a resiliency practice lately, like being able to be with, like stay present, like feel charged sometimes, like come like soften and be vulnerable anyway and not just like like, okay I'm out I'm out I'm out of here yeah yeah and that's yeah I've I've definitely dated guys like that before (laughs) (laughs) they're like I'm out bye can't just shut it down totally I mean and I've been that person before I've really totally been that person I'm just being like I can't do this I don't know I don't know how I don't know how to to navigate this much feeling that I'm having I don't know how to not blame you you know and so I'm really I'm really interested in learning how to create safety to have big feelings and for others to be safe when I have big feelings and I'm safe when they have big feelings because we're not blaming each other right right so we are nearing the top of the hour. Um, Michelle, can you tell people about, um, you know, what you have coming up and, you know, the kind of current stuff that you're that you're gearing up towards? 
Yeah, I'm about to start a new Feldenkrais series called Alliance with the Breath. And it's going to be a six week series. And um, it will be, it will prioritize feeling connected with your breath through the whole time, um, through all of the movement explorations. And that's on Monday nights. And I don't, have an upcoming circling series i'm in the middle of one right now but i'm looking i'm thinking about doing another intro i'm feeling another some because i've been working with people who have some experience with circling but i've been interested in um introducing more people to the practice yeah yeah like i said i i had never heard of circling before finding you and your in your work so that's it's totally a new practice to me Mm. Yeah, very cool. Um, and how can people find you? Social media, website, what's all that? Um, what's the easiest way if people want to learn more? Um, my website is michellehuber.me. And on there, I have all the information about my upcoming series. I have more information about circling and Feldenkrais. And there's also a contact portal so people can ask me questions of what's going on. Um, that's the best way. I'm I'm mostly into that. I have an Instagram and Facebook thing, but I, I tend to use my website and my email list. Perfect. So again, that's Michelle with two L's, Huber, H-U-B-E-R dot M-E. So Michelle Huber dot M-E. Um, if you're wanting to go and check out a little bit more information. And Michelle, do you have any last words of wisdom that you would like to throw into the universe? <sighs> Oh, what a big question. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we had a full hour to chat, so <laughs> yeah. I've got to condense it into, <laughs> I know, into this right now. <sighs> um, oh, there's just so much. <laughs> I think something I'm working with this week that someone else actually told me that feels really powerful is... that evolution is including more like how can I just include more so instead of for me what feels inspiring is like instead of being like that's bad or this is wrong or like that person I can't talk to it's like how can I make more space for more ways of being um and in myself and with that comes this question of like without this other person changing what's happening for me in relationship like I think that question of just really looking back to yourself and that's a huge piece of the work I do in circling and when I work with one-on-one and more than one person at a time it's like how can you actually focus on what's happening for you because you're not in control of this other person at all um so that is like if people practice that I would be very happy (laughs) yes (laughs) so what what would change for me if if I knew that this other person was not going to change at all yeah like how can I actually focus on what's happening here what is it that I'm wanting what is it that I'm feeling how am I a part of this situation because this other person may or may not change at all yeah I always go with that they're not going to change. That's how, in my mind, just because it yeah. it unhooks for me. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good way. Like they're not going to change. So what is it that I feel and need and what's actually happening for me? Yeah. Juicy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like oh, I can do this all the time because it's so tempting to make it about other people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for for joining us on Energy Matters today. Um, And, you know, if people are just tuning in and want to catch the the full 
interview with Michelle Huber, you can always go on to reikinorthampton.com backslash radio dash archives. Um, or if you are a podcast listener, you can find the Energy Matters podcast pretty much anywhere that you download your your favorite podcasts. It has a little starburst logo, um, not to be confused with the other Energy Matters podcast out there. But um, but these episodes are always posted about a week later. Um, so make sure you check that out. Um, and yeah, thank you again, Michelle. Um, it was a pleasure chatting with you. And um, I feel like you've given me and our listeners a lot to, to think about and to digest um, with how we, we navigate our, our inner world and our, the, that kind of relational space between um, ourselves and others. Thank you so much, Caroline. This was really fun. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, Michelle, you can stay on the line, and we are going to close out. Have a great weekend, everyone, and be well. <laughs>